Hello, and welcome to the Virtue Podcast. This is Leah Case. This summer, we've been discussing different topics that matter to us as women, and this week, I want to share some thoughts on grief and grace and the treasure of having God walk with us through this path of grief. And I don't say that lightly, because grief is messy and it's complicated, but God is faithful to come and stay near and walk with us every step of the way. So when I was asked to share my story of becoming a widow with young children, I said yes right away. Not because it's an easy topic, but someone is listening to this podcast who needs to know and be reminded that you are never alone in your sorrow. I'm not a grief counselor, but I can speak out of 2 Corinthians 1.4, which says that God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so we can comfort others. So today, I want to lean into the Lord, remembering how faithful He has been to walk the path of grief with me at various times in my life and always through His grace. And I pray that what I have found to be true will encourage you, too, discovering that when we root ourselves deeply in God's Word, we will stay close to Him and be able to safely navigate the deep waters of grief when they come. The first time grief invaded my world, I was 15, and I watched my beautiful cousin battle with bone cancer for a year. First it took her hair, then it took her leg, finally it took her life, but it never took her faith. She was only 19 when she went to heaven. And just a few months later, my best friend died instantly when a speeding driver ran a stop sign and broadsided the car she was in. Suddenly, she was gone, too. She was only 17. Years later, I would stand for hours at the foot of my father's hospital bed as his 86-year-old heart gradually slowed down and he slipped away into eternity. And I've seen the perfect face of my first grandson with his brown hair and his rosy cheeks and his ruby-red lips pursed and just ready to be kissed if only I could wake him. We were so excited for the day Jude Ellison would arrive, and he came, but he was full-term stillborn, and he went right back to heaven. I mention these because grief and loss is never an easy path to navigate, no matter the circumstances. There are experts to help us understand the different layers and stages of grief, but processing it is a deeply personal thing, and it's different every time we go through it. And in the aftermath of loss, we still seem to grapple with questions that come in a million shades of why. But God comes near, and he answers all our whys with who, and he himself is the answer. And that's one of the most important lessons we can learn about life and death and the sovereignty of God. Elizabeth Elliot is one of my mentors in grief. And she had a gift for putting truth in plain words. And she said it this way, Faith doesn't eliminate the questions, but faith knows where to take them. And that was one of the first and most important things I learned from the Lord in those early weeks and months after my husband Chris went to heaven. 
Chris was 25 and super athletic, and we were at the field playing baseball when he was hit in the chest, so hard that it knocked the wind out of him. Now, you wouldn't think that's life-threatening. We didn't. But in extremely rare cases, it can trigger a life-threatening arrhythmia, and that's what happened. We ended up in ER, and after three hours trying to figure out what was happening to this young, otherwise healthy guy, they sent Chris up to the cardiac unit. And the doctor took one look at him, got the defibrillator, and shocked his heart back into rhythm, saving his life. But his heart was permanently damaged. He was airlifted to Cedars-Sinai, where a team of cardiologists were seeing good results with experimental meds. And over the next eight months, there were doctor appointments and tests every week and two extended hospital stays and more code blues than I can remember. But he always pulled through. Eventually, the sick days were more manageable and less frequent. I was sure we were coming out of this fiery trial together, stronger for it, with a powerful testimony of God's faithfulness and a long, long list of answered prayers. But then one morning, I was busy in the kitchen. Danny was at kindergarten, and David was watching Sesame Street. And Chris called to me, and I found him sitting up in bed, clutching his chest. I dialed for an ambulance, and Chris said, No, I'm okay. And that was the last time I heard his voice. Suddenly I was like two people, outwardly composed but inwardly screaming, No, God, not like this. And I went into response mode, doing CPR, shielding my toddler from seeing his daddy and using my calm mommy voice to urge him to go back in the other room running to let the paramedics in and seeing the grim look on their faces and feeling my own hope draining. Chris was in a coma, and a week went by, and then two, and by week three he was airlifted back to Cedars-Sinai. And there's so much I could say about those days and God's compassion for me, but the lyrics from a song say it better. You were reaching through the storm, walking on the water, even when I could not see. I was held in your arms, carried for a thousand miles to show. Not for a moment did you forsake me. After all, you were constant. After all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a moment did you forsake me. One month shy of his 25th birthday, on a Sunday morning in June, just before dawn, Chris went to heaven. Most of the ride home is a blur, but I can remember thinking, how will I tell my sons, and trying to form words that they would be able to understand. My brother was driving, and I reached over and picked up his Bible on the seat next to me and opened it randomly, but God knew exactly what I needed. And he laid the prayer right out there in front of me in Psalm 57. Oh God, have pity, for I'm trusting you. And I will hide in the shadow of your wings until this storm is past. I will cry to the God of heaven who does such wonders for me. He will send down from heaven to save me because of his love and his faithfulness. My heart is fixed, O oh God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I will wake myself early and praise you, O oh Lord, for your mercy. It's as vast as the heavens, and your faithfulness is higher than the skies. 
That became my anthem for a very long time, and I don't have to tell you that none of it was easy. But God never failed to comfort me. And during those years, he planted a passion for his word in me. I never could have safely navigated through those deep waters if it wasn't for God speaking directly to me through his word. During those years, the Lord planted a passion for his word in me that is still growing. I don't know that I would cherish his word the way that I do now if it hadn't been for those years. Yes, I lost my husband, but I also fell deeply in love with the Lord, and I discovered how true and faithful he is, and I learned that I can take him at his word and always trust him, and he will tell me exactly what I need to hear. The Bible doesn't sugarcoat reality. You don't automatically escape your problems by immersing yourself in God's Word, but something better. You find solutions and peace, and to put it plainly, you find out that God is amazingly wise and knows what He's talking about, so let me just find what He says and do it His way. You have no idea how many verses of help and hope are scribbled all over the papers on my desk right now. But this is the one I want to give to you, especially if you are walking through a path of grief and grace with the Lord right now. It's Psalm 119.50. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word gives me life. And that's the verse I'm anchoring all these thoughts that I've been sharing with you on. Because for me, it expresses the way that God comes near and stays close and speaks promise into his brokenness and breathes life back into our grieving heart. He comforts us through his word. And he comforts us through his people. So one last thing. If you asked me to describe the experience of having been a widow in one word, I would say it was bittersweet. For me, that word mingles the excruciating sorrow and trauma of loss with discovering God's tender presence and His unfailing love for me. It sums up nearly seven years of my life, the formative decade of my 20s when life is supposed to be all about exciting firsts and new independence and building deep relationships that last a lifetime. And you know what? It was. Just not the way I expected. I would never have chosen it then, and honestly, it makes me tremble to think of ever going there again. But I would not trade this treasure of intimacy and this deeply rooted relationship that Jesus has grown in me through the years. I need Jesus now more than ever, and I never have to wonder if he will be there for me. We are never alone. Jesus tells us that any time you gather in my name, I am there with you. And yes, that includes podcasts. And we know that God inhabits the praises of his people. And God help me, that's where I want this conversation to take us. To praise God because he comes to us right where we are. And he surrounds us with his unfailing love. And he weaves his grace into our grief.